It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you once again, wherever you are wherever you, and wherever you are listening. Hope that your Tuesday is going well. A little bit of a delay in today's podcast. Had some other things going on with the day job, but excited to be with you. And the theme for this podcast is podcast episode is passing the test. The Grizzlies, after a pretty lackluster march overall in terms of really needing to take a convincing step forward before a very tough April, the it was a bit of a concern to see how the Grizzlies would emerge after the test that was April in terms of the competition that they would be facing as well as taking one of the longest and toughest road trips in franchise history. Well, not only have the Grizzlies passed the test, but members of the roster certainly have as well. In each segment today, we'll discuss how they passed that test in different ways to be in a better than expected position, at least for me, of what I thought the Grizzlies would be in. I, where I thought the Grizzlies would be now a month ago, they certainly are in a better position than they thought they would be. So we'll talk about how the Grizzlies and their roster have certainly passed the test this April. We'll talk about, obviously, the game against Denver on Monday night. Yes, it was a 120-96 loss, but three positive takeaways from the game um, that you know should not in any way, shape, or form impact the positivity that came from a winning road trip. In the second segment, we'll talk about John Morant, how a few very encouraging trends are showing up in April, not just in terms of his April play, but also in terms of how he plays against the best level of competition. In the third segment, we'll do our weekly segment called Resetting the Scene. Now with the Grizzlies done with this road trip, which many of us you know, back in February had mentioned as being what was going to determine how successful of a season this would be for the Grizzlies, we're going to reset the scene. Look at the Western Conference standings, how other teams are performing, and how the Grizzlies, with the very manageable upcoming May schedule, how success in that could really put them in a positive position to make it to the playoffs. Of course, I want to remind you, you can follow the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC, the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Odyssey app, podcast app on your phone. Wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, you'll find Locked on Grizzlies there. You'll also find the ability to subscribe, review, let us know what you think of the show. We always want to make sure that we are providing content that is relevant to our listeners' preferences. And for those who may be new listening to the show, my name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you, as always, every single day with the latest on the Grizzlies. That's why I love doing this. It's the ability for me to talk about passions that I enjoy, basketball, the NBA, the Grizzlies, sports in general, and it gives me the ability to interact with others that share those same passions. One of the best ways I have the ability to do that is actually via our title sponsor for this show, Locker Room. Locker Room, the app that is changing the way we talk about sports. Every Thursday night at 8, you can go on the Locker Room app, look in the chat rooms and see Let's Talk Grizzness, and that's where you'll be with me and others as we discuss the Grizzlies, and there's going to be plenty to talk about, especially this Thursday following the third game in four games against the uh, Portland Trailblazers. We'll have plenty to talk about where the Grizzlies stand in the West, how overall they played in April. Just so many fun things to talk about right now with how well the Grizz are playing. So, a 120 to 96 loss. And listen, the Grizzlies just, they didn't have it last night. You know, there's a popular thing going around right now, I believe, through TikTok and other places such as that. Um, it's basically 
tell me something without actually telling me something. Like, tell me you're a fan of a sports team without actually saying you're a fan of the sports team. Well, last night was kind of like that in my mind. Last night it was, tell me this is a scheduled loss without telling me it was a scheduled loss. Listen, the Grizzlies for the first time all year had every single member of their roster available. But unlike, you know, earlier this year against the Suns at home, for instance, when we set 40% of the roster and basically were admitting this is a scheduled loss, last night, the third game in four nights, seventh game of a seven-game road trip in which the Grizzlies had been away from Memphis for two weeks. It just the, the energy just was not there, and you could see it in the play, and, and, and that's fine. Those games are going to happen, and you'd rather it happen now and ha- have everybody emerge healthy and still in a positive mindset to head back home. And that's the first thing to take away from this, is that the game last night should in no way, shape, or form take away from how successful this Grizzlies road trip was. Four and three against the Milwaukee Bucks the Los Angeles Skippers in two games against the Blazers and the Nuggets. One of the toughest stretches of the season schedule for the Grizzlies, and they emerged with a win over the Bulls as well with a winning record. On a road trip that many thought if the Grizzlies just won one or two games, it was going to be a successful winning record. So it overall has certainly been a very, very good road trip with glimpses of what we look like when we played balance, with what we look like when we shoot the three-wheel, when we get stops when we need to. This Grizzlies team has elevated their level the the consistency level that they can play at, and it's showing up against some of the better teams in the NBA. So certainly a good development on that end. The other thing, though, that kind of stood out was that early in April, you know, even through the 19th of this month, so, you know, basically eight days ago, we had talked about when it came to the Grizzlies that, you know, they were arguably having the best offensive stretch of basketball that they had played in franchise history. But also, you know, through some writings I did at Grizzly Bear Blues, I've also talked about it on here several times. The thing about it was this, was that it, it was hard to expect for that level of play to be sustainable, especially when the Grizzlies were going to have, you know, a, a multi-week stretch of games against some of the better teams in the NBA. And that certainly has started to come, you know, to fruition. We're starting to see some regression. Last Friday night, they were 9-30. and 30. We're still From three, we're still able to beat the Blazers by getting back to the roots, scoring in the paint, passing, things such as that. Then, last night, they were 4 of 32 from three. One of the worst games in which they've shot, you know, in terms of shooting the three that they've had under Taylor Jenkins. I don't read too much into it. Fatigue probably had a lot to do with it. But the overall thing is, is that as the Grizzlies have been successful, teams are starting to adjust. And they're adjusting, you know, well at times. You know, there's a reason why these teams are good that we've been playing. They make adjustments and effectively put them, you know, into practice quickly. Well, that's what these teams are doing. They're starting to adjust with the success the Grizzlies have found from three. So when it comes to the Grizzlies, we're starting to see that regression was always going to be the case. Regression was always going to be a reality when it came to shooting the ball from three, and that's what's occurred. But the thing about it is, is that even though how we how we shot in early April may not be sustainable, the confidence now is there that we have made a stride, a sustainable stride, to where we're more willing and more ready to get our best shooters more shots from three to balance out our ability to score in the paint and pass. That, I feel, is something that certain that people should certainly have confidence in, is that through this hot stretch of play, we've become a more balanced offense because we're more willing and confident in shooting the three, and we figured out ways to find our best shooters more shots 
more frequently. So that's the second thing to take away from it. And then, of course, the last thing is is the health overall. The Grizzlies finally had a game in which everybody on the roster was healthy. Now, I'm sure that there's going to be players who are going to get rest games, um, especially as the Grizzlies start to play against teams that they should be favored against. The Grizzlies are going to look to get players more rest because the schedule is still very crowded. There's still a lot of games left in a short amount of time. But the fact that the Grizzlies now have on record a game in which there were no injuries, that is so highly encouraging. You're finally able to start getting chemistry built between some of your more relevant players for the present and the future, and you're also starting to see players play different roles. It's so beneficial to have these games where the entire roster is available because when it comes to playing the final few games of the season and the Grizzlies get into the playoff, the play-in and playoff games, they're going to have a better idea with a fully healthy roster of what players need to play what roles and for how long they need to play it to make the Grizzlies approach as effective as possible. So despite the loss, despite you know being on the receiving end of a blowout loss, plenty of positives to take away from last night. The most positive of all, which is the Grizzlies' health finally being in place for them to take full advantage of. Depth has been our number one asset this entire season. They now have the ability to use it at its full effectiveness with a roster that hopefully will remain as healthy as possible going forward this season. But even though the depth is there as the best asset, even though the Grizzlies have been playing well, and even though others such as Grayson Allen, Desmond Bain, Melton, and others have shot well, it begin the Grizzlies' success now in the future begins and ends with John Morant. Thankfully, another big reason why the Grizzlies have looked so good in April at times is because John Morant is playing his best basketball of the year, and there are a few really encouraging trends that I feel many should have confidence in continuing for John as he goes through this stretch run of the season and obviously building for the future. Coming up, we'll talk about uh, those encouraging trends and how Jaw has really shined when the spotlights have been brightest on him this season. Have you ever wanted to find ways to make your enjoyment as a sports fan enhanced, to enhance your and fandom overall, to take it to new heights and be able, in a simple step, just to make it more enjoyable for the teams that you love, but also in general. Well, I've got an idea for you, and that's the Locker Room app. The Locker Room app is really one of the first ideas of its kind, a social audio, social media app that allows sports fans from across the world to not only interact with each other, but their favorite sports personalities and athletes. An example of that I got to experience today. While I do the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast for the Lockdown Podcast Network, I'm a big fan of all Tennessee pro sports teams. One of the teams I'm a fan of is the Tennessee Titans, and I had the chance to talk with Mike Herndon, one of the best in, one of the best minds covering the Titans through the Locker Room app. I also get to, on a weekly basis, host the Locked, the Let's Talk Grizzness show through the Locked On Pod through my involvement with Locked On Grizzlies through the Locker Room app. And what does it allow for us to do? It allows for those of us who cover the sports teams that we love to interact with other fans who love these teams as well. But say you're someone who wants to interact with people just to learn more about sports or just to have fun conversations. Say you're someone who has you know, a, a, a desire to become a content creator and expand your ability to create content, such as I have been able to do through my involvement with Locker Room. Locker Room provides all those things. All you have to do is go to the App Store, download the app, create a profile all for free, and then get into the chat rooms and be able to discuss and enjoy. If you just want to listen, that's fine. If you want to discuss, have debates, whatever it may be, that's enjoyable as well. Say you may want the opportunity to talk with great NBA names such as John Hollinger, Nate Duncan, and others, or maybe even athletes 
athletes like Miles Turner and others, you have that capability as well through the Locker Room app. Again, go to the App Store. Now there is a beta version for Android users as well. Go to the App Store, download the app, create the pre-profile, and get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Get in on the action today, and your fanhood will be enhanced going forward. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So on tomorrow's episode, we're going to obviously talk about the third game of their last four for the Grizzlies, their third game in which they played the Portland Trailblazers. We'll look at all the different ways in which the Grizzlies can find a clean sweep against, you know, against a team that they right now are fighting, you know, doing some playoff positioning for, a team that they could over, that they could, you know, leapfrog in terms of the standings, not necessarily straightforward with the win tomorrow, but it would certainly help their campaign to do that. So we'll fully cover the Grizzlies and Portland Trailblazers matchup. We'll also look for all the different key members of the roster that are getting regular rotation minutes. What's something in the second half of the season, what's an area where they have improved compared to the first half of the season? I'm going to discuss a few things about John Morant, so you know we'll find something else besides what's mentioned in the second segment for him. But for the rest of the roster, during tomorrow's show, looking at areas in which all the key rotation players, an area where they have improved that have really contributed to this Grizzlies team coming together and playing its best basketball of the season. Well, again, you know, like we've talked about, the shooting has certainly been there. The defense has been there. All these different things have been there for the Grizzlies to play their best version of balanced basketball this season in the month of April. But one of the biggest reasons why they played so well is the biggest reason why this Grizzlies team is so exciting in the present and the future, and that is John Moran. And the thing about it is this, is that there's many ways in which his April play has been encouraging. Now, let's start with the obvious. You know, when it comes to John Moran, his play in April has been highlighted by the fact that he's done so well shooting the ball from three. He really has done better shooting the ball from three um, uh, this month. Coming into last night's game, yes, he was 0 for 4 last night, but coming into last night's game against Denver, 24-54 from three for the month of April. Shooting 44% for the month, a step up, and he's being able to do it. Really showing confidence with catch-and-shoot opportunities, creating step-back opportunities. It seems like that he has certainly created depth to his three-point game to find shots that he's comfortable with, and he obviously is hitting them at a very encouraging clip. Now, the other thing about it is, is that his resourcefulness as a score overall is certainly stepping into place as well. Discounting the fact that he didn't play that much in the second half of last night's game, in the first half of last night's game, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. Before last night's game, in three of the four games before last night's game, John Morant made it to the free throw line 10 or more times, actually more than 10 times, in three of his previous four games before last night. That's only the second time this year he's made it to the free throw line 10 or more times in a stretch of three out of four Grizzlies games. That's what's highly encouraging. He's shooting the three better. He's getting to the line more. The aggressiveness that Ja has consistently talked about all season, we're starting to finally get a glimpse of the next evolution of its impact. Being able to get to the line, even if his shot's not there at the rim. 
being able to create looks to shoot the ball confidently from three. His resourcefulness as a scorer has certainly taken a step forward this month, and that's very encouraging to see. That is a big cog in the idea of what a consistently good Grizzlies offense could be. Overall, the other thing about Jaw's performance is that he has also stepped up his game when it comes to rebounding, which has been needed. Because with Jonas Valanciunas being out recently, Jaron Jackson Jr. coming back in, Brandon Clark dealing with some injuries himself, you know, there's, there's been a bit of limitations when it comes to the Grizzlies front court. But Jaw is adding impact when it comes to his rebounding. Six straight games now in which he's had six or more rebounds, which is very, very encouraging because if Jaw's getting the ball, if Jaws getting the rebound, there's no better way to quickly get an offensive attack going to give the Grizzlies a high percentage look at the rim. And we saw it several times, especially against Portland, where Jaw would create opportunities, get in the open court, and be able to finish or find a way to find an open player for a high percentage shot. Also, Jaw has stepped up his defense to pickpocket of Norman Powell, which led to a dunk in a key moment of the game against Portland. That was a highly encouraging sign. So just across the board, Jaw has found ways to ex- continue to expand his game, become more resourceful as a scorer, become more of an across-the-board contributor, and that has played a big part in the Grizzlies playing some of their best basketball under Taylor Jenkins that they have played since he became coach. Overall, the numbers put Jaw into some pretty good to into some pretty good company as well. In terms of April, among players that have played 10 or more games, the only players that have scored 19 or more points per game, had five or more rebounds and seven or more assists through the month of April on a per game basis, playing 10 or more games. Jimmy Butler, Russell Westbrook, Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Nikola Jokic, and John ja Morant. Of those six players, the only player that is shooting above 45% from the field and 40% from three is John ja Morant. That's how exclusive a company he has kept this month with his play. And that's what's so encouraging about it. But the other encouraging thing that I think that people are kind of gaining appreciation for because of the fact that we've played such a tough schedule is the fact that the John ja Morant plays his best, in my opinion, against Better quality opponents. You know, there was some talk, especially from Sports 56, uh, the great combination of Anthony Sane and Peter Edmondson. They had talked about the fact that Ja played better in losses, it seems, than wins. And I feel like the easy reason to understand as to why, I think it's a great discovery. I think it's a great point that they're making. But the thing that I think that stands out is the reason why Ja sometimes plays better in losses than he does wins is because he's got to step up his game on nights where better teams are making it harder for the Grizzlies overall to get the, to find their offensive flow. So the best player, Ja Morant, has to step up and do more things on his own. And that's why the statistics tend to, tend to lean the way that they do. But now that theme is consistent. The theme I think hopefully is changing a bit to where Jaw performs better in losses than he does wins to where Jaw actually performs his best against the best teams in the NBA. And now that the rest of the Grizzlies offense is becoming more effective, that complements Jaw to allow for these Grizzlies teams to get needed wins against better teams in the NBA. Some examples of that you can find in the game log for John Moran here recently. Obviously against Portland, who's a playoff team. Actually, in the past five games in which Jaw has played playoff teams, obviously I know he played against the Clippers, but that actually, without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, that was Jaw's worst uh, game in this stretch. 
But against Denver, the first time through, he had 36 points and 12 assists. The first game against Portland, 33 points, 13 assists, zero turnovers. The next game against Portland, which was a win, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Last night, when the Grizzlies were at least competitive in the game, it was because of y'all. 27 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Let's go back up against Dallas. He, he, he had a bit of a tough night against Dallas. Only 17 points, 4 rebounds, and 5 assists. But going back up against New York who is a team that's in the playoff hunt um, in the Eastern Conference. 26 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. Against Atlanta, 19 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. He didn't necessarily need to be you know, at his best in that game against Atlanta scoring, but he did find ways to contribute across the board that allowed for the Grizzlies to be in a game and win a game on the second game of a back-to-back that they didn't necessarily, a lot of people thought they would win. Going back to Utah, in two in two of the three games that the Grizzlies played in less than a week against Utah, Ja Morant became just the third player, along with Bradley Beal and, and, I, and Damian Lillard, he became just the third player since Taylor Jenkins took over since Taylor Jenkins took over the Grizzlies at the beginning of the 2019-2020 season, John Morant joined, joined Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard is the only three players who have scored 30 or more points twice against arguably the best team in the league this year in the Utah Jazz. So my point is, is that this stretch of play in April from John Morant, it should not take away from the fact that, yes, it still is correct, I would feel, to say that at times, yes, his se- his sophomore season has been a bit underwhelming when it comes to his defense or when it comes to his three-point shooting. I don't necessarily think he's regressed. I think that it's just been made more clear those are areas of his game that it's going to take a bit longer to develop than many had anticipated. But the big thing about it is, is that he has improved in each of those areas, and it also should be noted that when the Grizzlies were playing probably the toughest month of the toughest month of competition this season, that's when John Morant has had his best month of production to date. I'm not sitting here saying he all of a sudden is a top 15 or 20 player in the league. I'm not all of a sudden saying that he's a difference maker that's going to lead the Grizzlies to winning a playoff series this year. But what I am saying is that for a lot of folks who have at times doubted or, or kind of questioned, you know, where John Morant truly is right now among in, in terms of the NBA, I think that he's made it clear that you still should have all the confidence in the world and considering him a superstar in the making because when the Grizzlies were needing to have the push that they needed to to overcome their toughest schedule this season in terms of a month's schedule, John Morant has risen to the occasion and has played his best basketball against the Grizzlies' best competition and that is a big reason why this Grizzlies team is a in a better-than-expected position, I feel, many thought they would be a month ago. And a lot of that has to do with John Morant. So we say about putting respect on his name and things like that. I think everybody that is a fan of the Grizzlies and everybody that's a fan of the NBA respects John Morant as they should. It's just been really encouraging to see that in the areas that he had struggled up to April 1st, he now has really addressed those areas and has shown strides and improvement that hopefully will be somewhat sustainable for the rest of this year and beyond. So speaking of that being in a better position than many had anticipated the Grizzlies would be right now, what exactly does that position look like as the Grizzlies are about to face the Portland Trailblazers once again and then get into a bit easier part of the schedule coming up 
to start May. We'll reset the scene when it comes to the Western Conference in the final segment of today's Locked on Grizzlies podcast. As pretty as the Grizzlies' play has been at certain times during the month of April, another thing that's pretty is seeing the spring blossom around us when it comes to April weather. The days are longer, the sun is shining, we're probably out and about more, and that probably means that you obviously are traveling more often than you did during the fall and winter months. Well, the thing is, is that if you are traveling more, but you have to get repairs done on your car to make sure you're traveling as safe as possible, I've got one place that has you covered, and that's rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is great for a variety of reasons. Very easy to use. Within a few clicks of the button, you're likely to find what you need very easily, and it's going to likely have what you need, regardless of the make and model, regardless of the parts that you may need, rockauto.com is a great source. Whether you're someone who does your own repairs, you need someone to do your repairs, or you do repairs for others for a living, rockauto.com is also very economically feasible. This is a family-owned business. They've been around for more than 20 years. They know that when car repairs come out of the blue, they typically are outside of budget. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. We all have different reasons as to why we enjoy being a fan of sports, and if wagering and betting is part of the reason why you enjoy being a fan, i got the one place that has you covered, and that's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is a full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go. As the NFL Draft is on, the Kentucky Derby is back, and the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head to Bet Online. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great, great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. Head to the website or uh, through your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus using the promo code Locked On on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts. Today on the Locked On Today, uh, the Locked On Today podcast, the Phoenix Suns put an end to the New York Knicks' nine-game win streak. Get more of the sports news you needed less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So every week we do this resetting the scene in the final segment of a show when it comes to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. We reset the scene. After several days worth of, you know, advancement in the season, we reset the seed for the Western Conference, and now we're getting down to the final, we're almost in the final month, we're in the last fifth, basically, of this season, and the Grizzlies, while they are, you know, individually, they've done very well to put themselves in the position that they are in, it still is a very crowded bottom end of the Western Conference playoff picture that could still go a variety of different ways when it comes to the Grizzlies. Now, I had mentioned previously, I mentioned a few weeks ago, that in my opinion, the thing was, was that the Grizzlies needed to fig- needed to be more conscientious of what was going on behind them than, was what, what, than what was going on in front of them. Because with how the Blazers were playing, with the schedule that the Mavericks had, so on and so forth, it seemed like that the Grizzlies, the most likely scenario, was going to be them finishing in the eighth spot. Well, I was half right. 
the clip both the Warriors and the Spurs have been playing quite well. Both of those teams are seven and three over their past ten games, and they now that they they now have certainly pulled to within you know a closer space to the Grizzlies than they previously were even mere days ago. They've both gone seven and three over their past ten games. The Warriors because of Steph playing great ball, the Spurs just because they've been playing great team ball. But despite how well the Grizzlies have played, they're still five and five over their past ten. But in front of them, the uh, the uh, Trailblazers have been two and eight over their last ten games, while the Mavericks have been five and five. Now the Mavericks did have a win over the Grizzlies, so let's kind of lay out the playoff picture. That that win, uh, that the, the uh, prayer shot from Luka Doncic really provided the Mavericks with needed cushion. It's very unlikely that the Grizzlies are going to leapfrog the Mavericks going forward without going like 10-2 and or 9-3 and over the next 12 games. I think the Grizzlies will have a winning record. I don't know if they're going to be that good. But right now the Mavericks are at 33-27. and They are in sixth place in the Western Conference. The Trailblazers are a game in front of, or a game behind them in seventh place at 32-28. and the Grizzlies are right now at 31 and 29. They're two games behind the Mavericks, but the big thing to take away from that is this is that the Mavericks, the Trailblazers, and the Grizzlies now all have played 60 games. So the Grizzlies are caught back up with the rest of the league when it comes to how many games are left to be played. Grizzlies are probably going to still have to fight through fatigue with how many more games they played to get to this point, but at the very least, the Grizzlies are caught back up when it comes to the rest of the league. So the Mavericks in sixth place right now are a game ahead of the Trailblazers, who are a game ahead of the Grizzlies, so two games separates the Mavericks and the Grizzlies between sixth and eighth place. But the thing about it is this, the Spurs are actually tied with the Grizzlies in eighth place. Two games behind the Mavs, the Grizzlies right now have the tiebreaker. They're going to remain having the tiebreaker against the Spurs. When it comes to the Warriors, they're half a game behind the Grizzlies and the Spurs because they played one more game than everybody else. And obviously, the tiebreaker between the Warriors and the Grizzlies will be determined in the final game of the season. So all in all, two and a half games separates sixth and tenth place when it comes to finalizing the play-in scenario for the West. Behind the Warriors, the Pelicans are four games out of the 10th spot. So for the Grizzlies themselves, the Grizzlies right now are four, have a four-and-a-half game cushion to at least have a play-in spot. But the other big caveat to all this is that the Warriors and Mavericks play tonight. If the Warriors were to beat the Mavericks, you're talking about a game-and-a-half that separates the 6th and the 10th spots when it comes to the bottom half of the Western Conference playoff picture. But the good thing for the Grizzlies is that despite their schedule, is that going getting to this point, their schedule has been harder than most of their opponents. Their schedule has been harder to deal with than the other teams that are in the are in the picture: the Mavericks, the Trailblazers, the Warriors, and the Spurs. The Grizzlies now are actually at a point where their schedule is going to be a benefit. Yes, the Grizzlies still have 12 games to play, I believe, in 17 nights, which, you know, is still a tough schedule to manage. But the Grizzlies, in terms of this date, April 27th, going forward, the Grizzlies, as of right now, have the easiest remaining schedule in the NBA. The Spurs, who right now are tied with the Grizzlies, and also are tied with the Grizzlies for having the most games left with several other teams this season. 
the Spurs have the hardest schedule. So that is an advantage that the Grizzlies have. They not only have the tiebreaker versus the Spurs, but in terms of the rest of the season, the Grizzlies have the easiest schedule in the NBA. The Spurs have the toughest. In terms of the other three teams, Portland actually has 12 games left to play themselves. They have the fifth hardest schedule moving forward. Golden State has 11 games left on their schedule. They have the 25th hardest schedule going for, so they have one of the easiest. And then Dallas, who has 12 games remaining as well, including one against Memphis, both Golden... So Portland, Golden State, and Dallas all are three games that remain on Memphis' schedule. But Dallas actually has the third easiest schedule. But that is one big thing that happens in this edition of Resetting the Scene that we haven't been able to talk about before. The remaining schedule for all five of these teams the Grizzlies actually have the biggest advantage because not only do they play three out of the four teams that they're fighting with to determine the bottom half of the Western Conference playoff um, picture, they also have the easiest schedule among those five teams to be able to take advantage of. So if the Grizzlies are able to go 9-3 or 10-2 and and they're able to win at least two of those three games remaining against Dallas, Golden State, and Portland, they really could have a shot at the sixth spot. I don't necessarily know if they're going to do that. I think at the end, the Grizzlies are probably going to have a very good shot at that seventh spot, especially if they can beat Portland tomorrow night. But the Grizzlies are in a more... Even if if their control of the eighth spot or the the, um, space in games for the eighth spot is more crowded at the moment, I don't think there's been another time over the past month where the Grizzlies have had a more favorable outlook in terms of their ability to control their own destiny and make the most of their playoff future, their playoff um, potential, you know, than they do now. With having three more games against these other four teams that are in the bottom half of the Western Conference playoff picture and the fact that among those five teams overall, them included, they have the easiest schedule. And that all starts tomorrow night against Portland. And we're going to have you covered for that game, talking about how the Grizzlies can find ways to win a third straight game against Portland. We know if they can play offense well, they should have the ability to do that. And they certainly have the defensive ability to get it done as well. We'll also look at different ways in which each player in the second half of the season, each player that's had relevant rotation minutes in the second half of the season, we'll look at a way each player has improved in the second half compared to they have in the first half. We'll have all that plus much more the rest of this week as every game becomes more important and what will be a tight race, but what continues to be an even better and more favorable opportunity for the Grizzlies as they pursue the playoffs. Again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSAC, the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen, that's where we will be. My name's Sean Coleman. It's been a pleasure to join you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Thank you.